Welcome back. This is the No Cap Podcast. Again, it's your boy Javier Fresco in the building with Snugs the General. What's happening, my boy? What's good? What's good? You already know what it is. We'd like to send out a special uh, Happy Cinco de Mayo uh, to all the Mexican brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. Uh, when you, by the time you hit this, it will be after Cinco de Mayo, but we still want to, you know, make it known that we showed our respects for that particular holiday. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. And I am drinking. Um, I finally got my player cup, bro. I'm on that Grand Marier. Finally got back to my to my drink of choice. And I did yeah. just get through eating some taco. Yeah. No question. Your boy don't drink. <laughs> That's what's up, though. All right, man. Let's go ahead and, get, and just get into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So as y'all know, uh, we got this reoccurring segment that we call the Hats Off segment. And we got a very special person that we taking our hat off to uh, this week. Man, we taking our hat off to Iron Mike Tyson. It's a video been circulating around this week of Mike Tyson um, getting in the gym, doing some pad work. And um, he looked vicious. He's still, Boy, don't he? he's still a killer. 53 years Man. old, still a killer out here in these streets. Um, Mike, Mike Tyson said that he wanted to get back in shape uh, to be able to box two, uh, three or four rounds in an exhibition for some charities and some stuff to uh, make some money for the homeless people or some drug-infected people or just to do it for charity. Um, now, who gonna get in the ring with him? I don't know. You gotta be out your oh, rabbit I mind. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you gotta be out your rabbit-ass mind. <laughs> Man, look. Mike bro. Tyson, to be as old as he is, he still got a lot of, lot of power, bro. Bro. A lot of power. Ain't nobody trying to fuck with this shit, bro. I'm did you see Did you see the dude with the pads? Like when he when he gave him that one last when he gave him that one last right jab. Oh, yeah. yeah dude he got out the way. He went that man ass out, bro. Like, Jesus. Oh yeah, man. Ed Rip. For real. Ed Rip. It's yeah, crazy bro. though. But hats off to Mike Tyson, man, to be an OG in the game and still be able to uh display what you once had to show that you still got that shit. So I love to see him fight three rounds. Like you say, who gonna fight him? I don't know. Bronze Bomber. Boy. I'm going to tie that mind we is all with. That's all to Mike Tyson, though. Real shit. All right, so we're going to talk about the last dance. Got to do it. That's all it's the like rage, the, bro. It's the only shit to talk about. I right? mean, <laughs> we talking about, talking about most, coronavirus. Yeah. Anyway. We, we talking about the most iconic basketball player to ever touch a court. One of, the, one of our greats, one of our goats, icon, man, Michael Jordan. Everybody Michael. locked in. I know every man is locked in on Sunday at 8 o'clock if you live on the East Coast watching the last dance. And every wife is like my wife causing trouble. <laughs> <laughs> causing trouble, man. Like, you still, yeah, you care more about Michael Jordan than you care about me? Like, man, come on. <laughs> like, man, we ain't watched basketball since Rudy Gobert caught coronavirus. That's it. It's the closest thing we'd had to sports other than uh, WWE wrestling in front of no audience. And I ain't fucking with that shit. Super so. weak. <laughs> At all. So, you know, we on this last dance shit. So, they just they just aired episode five and six on ESPN. Yep. 
I kind of messed up and couldn't watch episode five when it aired, but I went back, so I'm yeah. caught up on that joint. You feel me? Yeah. Uh, episode six was dope. I just wish I could watch all these motherfuckers at one time, bro. They get you so drawn in. I'm just ready to go ahead and just finish this shit up. It's some people that got all of it, though. Like, wow. you know, black Fire channel. Black, yeah, fine, yeah. You know how it go in the African-American mm-hmm. community. We're going to find a way to get it. Well, yeah. Well, we ain't going to even. I think they got up to, even. I think they got up to episode eight. We ain't gonna let nobody else know because I don't want nobody else to even know. Yeah, yeah. We gonna watch that, bro. Yeah. But so, what you think about episode five and six? <clears throat> Excuse me, man. Episode five. I think it was episode five. You talking about the shoe deal? <clears throat> yeah. I gotta talk about the shoes because when I think about when I think about Michael Jordan's shoes, I think about my first pair of Jordan, and uh-huh. you know how. Getting a pair of Jordans changed your life a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel a part of the culture when you get you a pair of Jordans. <laughs> At least for yeah. me, that's how I felt. The episode five, man, they was talking about how um, Michael Jordan is was really a Adidas guy. He really wanted to go with Adidas. That was kind of shocking. I think I Ron DMC, you know, Ron, I think Ron DMC had something to do with that at the time. You know what I'm saying? I they, were really, they were really popular back see. then, so... At that time, it was revolutionary what they was doing with Adidas. So I could see how, you know what I'm saying, he wanted to be with Adidas. Right. Anyway, his mama made him go because he wasn't going to talk to Nike. Mama knows best. Exactly. So they went to um, talk to Nike. And at the time, the new insole that Nike was making was called the Air. Right? So then we got this young guy, we got this young kid come in, Air Jordan. That's lightning in the yeah. bottle, bro. It was. That was that was so cold. That was such a neat fit. Um, it's crazy because had he gone with somebody else like Adidas or Converse, you don't get the Air Jordan. You don't get the Air Jordan. You never get the Air Jordan. And you probably never see Nike development to the company that it is right now, possibly. Cause they were just like a track shoe, you know what I'm saying? That's it. Dude, That's it. Straight track shit. Yeah, straight track shoes. Yeah, man. The Air Jordan has revolutionized footwear. It was just like folks playing basketball in them. You know what I'm saying? Like he was playing basketball in, them. but then he changed sneakers from like on the court to like lifestyle shoes. Do, do you think that was Michael Jordan though, or you think that was more Spike Lee? That was Michael Jordan. Because think you gotta so. think. I think that was one of his publicists and the dude that the guy that was saying that he was uh his uh agent, the dude that was marketing him like Arthur Ashe. Yeah. As part of him. And then his icon status. Spike Lee came and dashed a little high sauce on him. You know what I'm saying? When he know how to do it, putting them in his movies and making them cultural. But that was all Mike. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you feel like you put the, it's just like the movie, like Mike. You put the shoes on and you can do what he can do. That's what you feel like. Right, from the basketball they, perspective, though. See, I feel like, I feel like, I never, you never really see, saw Jordan wear Jordans 
outside of him playing in a basketball game. Yeah, he did. He was always suiting and booted. Most times when I saw him. But most was, times, yeah. But he did. Like, a lot of the stuff that that's just coming out now, he was wearing it back then. Like 11 lows, like Concord 11 lows. He yeah. wore them. He had them in 2005, I want to say. I just feel like Spike Lee, by him putting it in that movie, you know what I'm saying, it gave a sense of everyday wear for Jordans, niggas just walking around, normal life type shit, you know what I'm saying, in Jordans without playing basketball, without hooping in them. So I feel like it should it shine that light on it. And then by him being able to help with the commercials and everything, I think brought another perspective in terms of what – African Americans value uh, Jordans. I tell you who wasn't trying to shine no light on Michael Jordan. And that's Jerry Krause. Bro, Jerry Jerry Krause Krause. gotta be, God bless the dead, God rest his soul. Jerry Krause gotta be the biggest hater. This man said, and I know they chop it up because, you know, they gotta use, they gotta make it interesting for the documentary. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? They win the championship. When this is, this the 91-92 championship is one of them. Yeah, man, we, uh, yeah, we got a, a great group of guys, yeah, but the organization, man, without the organization, without people like myself and Phil and, and, the, and, the, and the guys in the head office, man, we couldn't have done this. It's, yeah. And I'm talking it's, about didn't give Michael Jordan no credit, didn't give Scottie Pippen no credit, didn't nobody no credit. Yeah, he, he credited a lot himself. of shit. But I, yeah, the team is great. The team is great, but, uh, you know, the guy, I mean, the organization, I'm like, yeah, I, I understand the organization, but there's some guys out there with their blood and sweat and tears that just won the championship. That's Now, you got you to gotta give him some credit, though, because he was able to put together a team like that that won a championship. But that's what credit However, you get. That's what you get credit that's for. It. <laughs> that's that's it. what you get credit for, though. It's just like, it's just like you do – a turn paper. And you do a turn paper on uh basketball. You gonna get credit for doing turn paper on the basketball. Right you right. know what I'm saying? You did the turn like you're not gonna you're not gonna get no credit for somebody else doing their turn paper. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's not gonna it's over with. Like you get credit for what you contributed. And Jerry Krause has even if you look at the interaction be- between him and Michael Jordan, it was just kind of like, bro was bro felt inferior around him. So you had to always yeah. make yourself feel bigger than what he was. Well, you know, a lot of people fall into that that whole construct. But, you know, it's it's kind of crazy, though, because, like I say, he was able to be, you can see the intelligence and the, the, the value there in Jerry Krause because he was able to put this team together. But it's like he never really felt like he belonged in a group. Nah, I nah, feel nah. like he did he did his shit like that. He tried to make himself a company man. Yeah. You know? But at the same time he didn't feel like he was accepted. Uh he felt like I feel like he felt like he should have been bigger than Jordan or more important to Jordan to the organization than than he was. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever though, that's kind of weak, you know. what I'm saying for to want to jump in and that, yeah, that's weak. Um, so let me ask you this. Yeah, we're talking about the goat, man, and we're talking about uh, one thing I like about this is it's normalizing like some of Michael Jordan's behaviors. Yeah, 
you know. It's not making him seem like it's making him seem like a human being. Yeah. Sure. Now, with the stresses of his life, which back then, you know, that was very stressful to always go out your door. As soon as you like one sick, like one one um clip that was like sitting in the locker room drinking beers, you know what I'm saying? Him Scott Pimper. That was drinking beers. As soon as he opened the door, it's like a hundred cameras and microphones in his face. Like he got like six inches to move. And the first question they asked is like, So are you coming back next year? Like, do right. you think because a lot of people say that Michael Jordan is a gambler addict. They said that like later on in episode six. Do you think gambling was an escape from the life? Or he just so addicted to competition that he really became a gambler addict? That's crazy because when you ask it like that, bro, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, <coughs> it's kind of hard to keep that superstar aura on 24-7. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people need to escape. A lot of people have different escapes. Some people resort to resort to drugs or they resort to drinking. They resort to women. You know what I'm saying? I feel like with Michael Jordan, it was gambling. You got to think about it, bro. Most athletes like this, your Magic Johnson, your Wilt Chamberlain, superstars, they spend a lot of time with the women. Yeah. You feel me? Michael Jordan spent a lot of his time gambling. If he wasn't playing ball, he was gambling. And I feel like yeah. there may have been something for him that he saw that was a little bit more positive than a lot of other shit he could be doing. Because whatever he was doing, it was legal. You know what I'm saying? In Everything. terms of gambling. Everything. So you can't really knock him for that shit. But in terms of his competitive nature, I feel like his competitive nature bled over to his gambling habits. I ain't going to say he had a problem, but he had a habit. He was a habitual gambler. And okay. for him to still be on top financially, I can't really say it was a problem. Mm. But is you? that but is that because he and still is making so much money to where it's kind of hard for you to go in a hole when you're making a billion dollars off, you know what I'm saying, off sneakers that get released every other year. The same shoes, and we keep buying them. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like the Jordan, we buying the Jordan brand. We not even buying the shoes. You know what I'm saying? No more. We just buying. We buying nostalgia. We buying the Jordan brand. We buying memories. You get what I'm saying? At this point. So well, I mean, is it hard to go in the hole? You know what I'm saying? When you when you making that much money, is it hard to go in the hole? I mean. I think it depends on the individual and how much they're willing to risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, they always talked about how heavy his his wages were in terms of uh, betting. Right. But at the same time, you got to think about another athlete who had a shoe deal, and it's not nearly the magnitude of Michael Jordan. I'm not trying to, you know, say that at all. But it's, it's, it's almost a similarity. Like, Allen Iverson was another player who had – um, a lot of money, a lot of stardom, shoe deal, you know what I'm saying? He was fashionable. He changed the whole fashion of the NBA. Right. But it's known that Allen Iverson had a gambling problem. Now, I don't know if we can contribute. I don't really – This and I'm not – you know, I can't pocket check Allen Iverson. I don't know how much money he got. Exactly. But there was one point I could remember 
him being in the news for gambling and not having a whole, not having a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like, to a degree, certain people aren't like Michael Jordan is one of those few people that was in a position to really take huge risk. But I feel like what was more valuable to him was the stuff that you're talking about, his brand. He yeah. never gambled with Jordan, the Jordan brand. He never gambled, you know what I'm saying, in any way that'll make him lose what it what what it was that made him rich. And that's the kind of the side that I'm on. I'm on the side of man, the man was just too he was just addicted to competition. Even when they were sitting and at first, bro, you know what I thought about when they was shooting them quarters, I thought they were playing be like me, bro. <laughs> I thought I was like, man, he fought playing be like me back then. If for everybody that don't yeah. know, it's a game we used to play in high school. It was gambling called be like me. Like you flip a quarter, and then if I land on heads, you gotta land on heads. You gotta be like me, and then I take them two quarters, and then you come back, or we'll flip dollars. That's what right, I thought they were playing. Like, niggas be like, mine won eight dollars out there, <laughs> for real though. What they were actually playing was like who can shoot the quarter closest to the wall. Yeah. For twenty dollars a pop. Yeah. Shit crazy, huh? But then Shit crazy. What makes me say that he was just addicted to competition because they was playing thousand dollars a game. BJ Armstrong said they was playing now I think it was Will Purdue, it was one of them. Said that they was playing thousand dollars, like thousands of dollars in blackjack at the table at the back of the play. Michael Jordan comes to the front of the plane with B.J. Armstrong to meet and let me play a y'all game. And they only playing for a dollar. And he said, man, why you want to play with us? It's like, I just want your money in my pocket. That's it. I just want now, your money in my you, pocket. That right there let me know, though, he, he wasn't gambling to get a certain amount. You see what I'm saying? He was yeah. gambling for the sport of gambling. And he wanted to win. Whatever he was doing... Whatever he put himself into, he wanted to win. Yeah. So I don't think, and that's another reason why I don't think it's a problem, bro, because people who gamble, who have a gambling problem, they gambling because they trying to get, I feel like it's an end game, it's a goal that they never really hit. You know what I'm saying? I don't really think he cared about this shit. He just wanted to win. Whatever he was doing, he wanted to be winning. Yeah. That might suck that golf. But he was always, and that's why it's kind of like, I don't know, man. That's a top-heavy subject. You know what I'm saying? Because when he was playing golf, he sucked. But he was constantly bidding. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it... I don't know. It's top-heavy. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know. You can you can say that he was addicted to gambling, but I just believe it was just the competition aspect of it. It wasn't even about the money. It was like, man, I just right. want to beat you. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I, for real. And I feel like it was a little bit of both, though, still, because... Not to say it was a problem, but a little bit of both because it's just I wouldn't it's kinda I wouldn't say toxic behavior, bro, but it's 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 high risk behavior. And that's why I would say it's a kinda a little bit of both. I feel you. Man, one thing I enjoyed about this uh these these two episodes was the um the depiction of the finals against Phoenix. And it's one line that man said, game five, for game five. That man said, I'm bringing one suit. That what you say to the one team. Suit. One suit. This elimination game. 
I'm bringing one suit. One. And if you got to think that it's – Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just say you got to think that his teammates believe that, though. Yep. They believe that. They were like, well, shit. He said it, bro. We ain't taking number one suit. That's it. I wish I could interview people and ask every last one of them how, many, how much clothes you take. Did you take one suit? For real. Because I bet he did, for sure. That's a mindset, though. But, like, I can't lose. For real. I don't even got no more clothes to wear the next day. So I can't lose. <laughs> for real. Man, that's, that's a different mindset, bro. Michael Jordan was just yeah. cold-blooded, bro. They're just one of those type of people, though, that, you know, they find whatever it is to make them tick. They don't yep. need no type of outside motivation. They already know. It's almost like Bobby Boucher, bro. Bobby Boucher getting his own head, make his own self mad, and going rock your ass. Bro, that was so crazy. Just, bro, that's crazy. <laughs> Bro, that movie. If we digress for a second, bro, Waterboy got to be the most outlandish movie. Not to mention, you said it was like one of the top five movies of all time. In it, bro, what it outlandish though? It's very outlandish. That will make it what it is. But I can see the comparison. I can see the comparison in it though, because Bobby Boucher was relentless. It wasn't nothing that was gone. Once that man had a target, it was over with. Oh, oh! And most most great athletes and a lot of people, you know, don't reach the magnitude of Michael Jordan. It ain't nobody. It's Michael Jordan. That's it, right? That's it. But a lot of people are able to embody that type of approach. You know, yeah. I can make myself mad, or I can, I can redirect this energy over here. You know what I'm saying? And and it takes a certain level of mastery, bro, to do that. You know what I'm saying? Did you hear the part where one of his teammates was like? We wanted to play the game, but he had mastered how to win. Man. He was like, he let us play, <laughs> but it was his job to win to win the game. That's crazy. And that and that's mastery, bro. That even go that's back mastery. to at the Olympics. At the Olympics practice. When him and Mike when him and um Matt Johnson were going at each other. And he was like, right. man, this the 90s. Like, Michael Jordan had one-liners, bro. <laughs> he was just told that, man, bro, it's the 90s, bro. Basically saying, <laughs> man, y'all the old regime. I'm the new regime. Oh. To take on all that by, man, I'm the new regime. Think about that. You had Larry and Bird, right? I mean, you had uh, Magic and Bird. Then, Larry and Bird. <laughs> I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. <laughs> you had Magic and Bird. You had Clyde Drexler in that time. You had uh, Charlton. No. Who was, who was in the Charles Bottle was there? Nah, he was in the 90s. Yeah, Charles Bottle was in the 90s. So, you got Magic and Bird, the two most prolific figures back then. So, for him to say, it's the 90s, who ruled the 90s in basketball? See, Michael Jordan. Exactly. That might say, I'm new guy. I'm him. I'm him. Me. And I think he knew. Uno. He was speaking for. He was speaking for Scotty too, though. He knew Scotty had that sauce over there, bro. Man, Scotty was too passive, bro. Scotty was a little boy still. At the beginning, yeah. I feel you, but Scotty turned into that nigga, though. He did. He did. But man, I'm really enjoying this, bro. This is something for us that we gonna talk about for a long time. I'm just ready to get like through it. You know what I'm saying? So. We could just have the whole synopsis, like 
I want to see how it's going to end. You know what I'm saying? Because we know how it ends, but we don't know how the documentary ends. Yeah, right? that's what I'm waiting on. Like, I want to see the ketchup, too. You know what I'm saying? The ketchup with everybody else it. Or what everybody yeah. else doing. You know what I'm saying? You know how they do it in documentary show where everybody else is in their life. I want to see the ketchup. That's right. what I'm most excited about. Me too. Yeah, man. So, you want to go ahead and go to the cap of the week, bro? Let's go to it, bro. Cap of the week. No cap. All right. Excuse me, people, uh, for this, this week's cap of the week, but this is going to be kind of outlandish. There's a guy that's a TV host, that's a TV show host. He's a conspiracy theorist, and he believes that all things of the United States government are corrupt. This guy's name is Alex Jones. Alex Jones proceeds to say, well, you're going to drop a clip, right? I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out. And I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff. But I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? And you know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. I'll eat your ass. I will. The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this. And I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. You think I like sizing up my neighbor? How I'm going to haul him up by a chain? And chop his ass up. I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. All right. So what you just heard <laughs> was this man, Alex Jones, proceeding to say that he's prepared to eat his neighbors. What kind of human being? Why would you? I just want to ask you this, cuz. Okay. How you go from the extreme of, man, let me go plant me some corn, cuz. Let me go grow me some beans or some greens or some tomatoes. Give me a lamb, a hog, a ram, a dog. Let me Sensible get some. Sensible <laughs> shit. You name it. To say, man, I'm prepared to, I'm looking at my neighbor and I'm prepared to, to I'm thinking about how I'm going to string him up. Brother looked at his neighbor like cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at his neighbor like they did on a cartoon. Brother turned to a whole ham in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> this shit crazy though, bro. Because like you say, how do you go from this stream? Because that's what we doing, bro. We, I ain't even tell you what we doing, but we taking them type of measures. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Produce for yourself type shit. How do you go from that extreme to either shit? Fuck eating your neighbors. How about? Robbing your neighbor, <laughs> like that make more sense than me going in here with a motherfucking fork in the knife. Like, yeah, nigga, what a salt and pepper is. <laughs> that shit crazy, as a motherfucker, bro. <laughs> Hell no. And bang, camping, bro. Bang, come down to it, bro. Come down to it. Alice Jones not finna eat no hermit cub. It always that's cap, bro. That's but you cap. can't even cook hermit meat. No, nah, he got to cook this shit for a whole 365 days <laughs> for it to be fork tender. For real. Man, you can't eat no hermit, bro. That man wild for that. Yeah. That man is super wild for that. 
That nigga ain't finna eat no niggas, bro. And he talking about this shit. That's cat like a motherfucker. Talking about, I gotta feed my girls. I gotta make sure my girls eat. My girls won't this starve. Nigga. You think your girls <laughs> gonna eat a human? It's always. He finna feed his kids human, cuz. Man, he growing. <laughs> them, girls, them girls growing up in uh, California somewhere, bro. And they eating gluten free and they don't eat dairy. They vegan. And you from talking about eating meat? Human meat? It's over with. It's over. Yeah, nah. That might crazy. He's gonna even eat meat, and he gonna give some human meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is outlandish. This man wild. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, man. All right, man. We gonna go ahead and get up out of here, though. This is the No Cap Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we're airing on every platform you can stream podcast. Make sure you share. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend Because shit We need y'all to listen to this motherfucker man Yep no doubt. Snuzz, get, us, get us on out of here Man follow us man You can follow me at uh, On Instagram at look at the general And on Twitter Snuzz the zero And you can follow me at Javier Fresco on Twitter On IG is Sweatshop Fresco No Cap Podcast Look forward to seeing you again We at this thing yeah.